Every great champion knows that success, overcoming, and winning in life is no accident. Creating individual success is like having a recipe for a great meal. It only works if you know how to use the ingredients. As a best-selling author, entrepreneur, business coach, strategist, and champion, the Lewis Hour Live Show provides you the insider's view on winning. All we do is win, 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 helping you become the best version of yourself. Hey, good afternoon. It's Lewis Howard. Thank you for joining another show of Lewis Howard Live. Whether you're catching us as we're doing them or catch them on demand, we really appreciate you being part of the conversation. And as always, purpose of doing these programs for the last 14 years, 600 plus episodes, seven countries, 15 different platforms. It's so could help you become the best version of yourself as I am in the process of becoming the best version of myself. I've done a lot, but I got a lot to go. Today, I want to talk about adversity quotient. What is adversity quotient? Adversity quotient is defined as your ability to deal with, manage, and overcome opportunities as you go on to achieve your goal or task. Most of the time when we set goals or tasks, we don't add in there the constraints or variables or adversity. And as such, when people usually come across those, there becomes a change in mindset. There becomes a change in attitude. They can, we're call it, there's a shift. Now, depending on the individual, if they're able to get up, you know, they're all saying, what happens if you're riding a horse and you have no intention of getting thrown off that horse and you get thrown off the horse? What do you do? Well, some people get up, dust themselves off, jump back up on the horse. Others will become maybe startled, fearful, and decide, I don't want to ride a horse again. And then others are going to blame people for the horse. It's the horse's fault. It's the it's the it's the trainer's fault. It's the it's the stable's fault. So we all have different uh, responses to adversity. Uh, there's two people I've really been studying a lot lately about uh, capitalization, which is investing in human individuals, and then adversity quotient to obtain peak performance to maximize you, and as we talked about in the show, help you become the best version of the show. So today, we're going to talk about quitters, campers, and climbers. And it's three groups has been defined, which I'm going to share with you a little bit here, uh, about uh, Dr. Uh, Paul Schultz, great guy. And uh, he is a uh, well-known um, gentleman that has been involved in mountain climbing, but he's also been involved in peak uh, performance training for a number of years. And uh, he is considered the world's leading authority on integration and application of grit and resilience. He is the founder and chief CEO of Peak Learning, um, and as well as originator of the adversity quotient. He's got rights on that. So I'm using it. That's why I need to include his name to give him credit because he's actually one that created. And uh, theories and methods, which basically is, is, is really investment in human 
capital, how to get the best out of yourself. Um, and these are used at some place like Harvard, MIT, Fortune uh, 100 companies. People, everybody has some type of peak performance training. Uh, I've been uh, privy to those for a number of years. And so they, they've been great in that regard. All right. So let's talk about the, the, the three groups as observed by an extensive uh, training and extensive research study of over 150,000 leaders and people that ran companies and how they uh, interacted both with themselves, dealing with different types of adversity. You know, it's like, how, how did you handle a 9-11 or how did somebody handle a, a 2008 recession crash or how we are handling current events as they may impact us personally or professionally. So that's really what this is. So let's start with the first group we're going to call the quitters. Okay. Who are the quitters? Well, quitters are defined as simply those that give up on the ascent, the pursuit of enriching life. And as a result, often embittered, right? They're the ones that fell off the horse and got upset and decide they're never going to ride a horse again, and they're going to blame the, the, the horse and the maker of the horse and the trainer of the horse, right? Quitters tend to blame others. Now, what this is in the context of was Dr. Paul Stokes was a mountain climber. I have a friend of mine, Malcolm, who actually climbed, climbed Mount Rain, not excuse me, Mount Everest, one of the tallest peaks in the world. And we interviewed him on the show. It's in, in our Lewis Hour Live library if you want to go back. But it was pretty amazing what he shared about the ability to climb. And there were groups of those people that quit. They started up the ascent of the mountain and they had quit. And he said, you know, quitters tend to blame others, become overwhelmed because the task became bigger than what they had anticipated and what they had measured. And so it's estimated that roughly five to 20% of people uh, fall in the quitters camp, all right? They, they just give up. Uh, in America, if you go to most people's garages, it is filled with stuff. It is filled with treadmills. It is filled with exercise equipment that people got excited about. They bought it and then they quit. Gyms, make a lot of money off people who sign up at the first part of the year as part of their, you know, New Year's oath. Uh, and then later they quit, but they still pay the membership. They still bought the back. We see Peloton. Peloton's huge. That's $2,000 approximately for that. I want to know what are the percentage of people that are still doing that. According to this, 20% of the people are going to put that bike down within a couple months or whatever they bought. So this is the reality of people. And this does affect environments. If you got a ton of quitters in there, people who start, then they, they make you question themselves. I don't know why you're doing this. This is not done. I'm leaving this idea, leaving this marriage, leaving this job, I'm leaving this relationship. I'm done. There's a new term in our culture called quiet quit. And this is uh, where people have left something, but they didn't tell anybody. They left the relationship, but they didn't tell the other person. They left the job, but they haven't told them. And I don't mean they physically left. They're actually physically still there, but they are no longer active participants in 
that endeavor. So we want to be better than that, right? If you're going to start something, try to find a way to finish it or at least hand it off to somebody that can finish it. Don't just leave it. Don't waste the time, the money and investment, right? Many people start businesses and they don't make it. They fail after several couple years is because people didn't really plan out. And as soon as it got difficult, they quit. All right. So let's talk about the next group is the campers. Campers, I actually love campers because campers generally are hard workers, right? They they coined the phrase an honest day's work. They are people who have worked for the company for 10, 20 years. They are the steady eddies of the world. They, they're going to be there in the end. They are loyal. We need campers. If you are a climber like me, you need a camper because every now and then the climb gets rough. You need have somebody that you can kind of go hang out with and you're not thinking about the job, the business or life. You just need to go out and camp a little bit. Right? Campers are people that have planted their stakes. They settle down at a current elevation. They're not going all the way up that mountain. They're getting to a certain point that they're going to camp. These are people that got the T-shirt, but they didn't finish the race. They got the stickers on their cars that serves a marathon, but they didn't actually finish. They quit. They stopped. But nobody knows that because if you're not there when they ran the race, right? Campers tend to be uh, allow adversity to wear them down. This is really important, right? This sometimes separates the winners from the losers. It's the adversity. It's really how you handle problems, issues, challenges, right? If you're going along well, you started out, you got into class, you took the class, but all of a sudden now you've hit a point where this is too hard or it's requiring too much of me. Now the adversity is starting to set in. I got the business, but wait a minute, no customers have come. I wrote the book, but nobody's buying it. I got the podcast, but nobody's listening, right? What do you do with that adversity, right? Or you feel like I've done okay. I got an okay salary. I got my house. I got my, you know, my two dogs. I got my my wife or my husband or my partner, whatever that is that makes you feel like I'm good. I'm good, right? Um, but campers sometimes know they didn't go the rest of the way. And sometimes they can be really dissatisfied. Because they feel like they quit a little bit or they settle. And that's what the term settle, settle would come from, where people would just, they would be migratory and they would find places to settle. And that's where they would be. Some would move on and many people would not move on. Some people do that, right? So that's the other part of them is that don't talk to them about the big idea. Do not talk to them about going up to the top of the mountain because they're going to shake their head at you, and but they're not going to do that. So uh, everybody needs them, but I don't know that you want to be one, right? It's good to go visit campers doing holidays, doing events. I like being around them, but I couldn't live there, right? Because uh, I don't use the word retirement. I use refirement, refreshment, okay? Uh, a lot of mints I eat, and but not retirement is not one of those things. So uh, campers work hard to find a safe place. Again, I got no problem with campers uh, because they're people that are 
the, the, the engine, they're the middle. And, and they, they are important. Without those, you got quitters or, or climbers, right? as we'll talk about in the next slide. So uh, think about that. The, they would say that they've been aiming for the spot all their lives. There's a term that we used to use called the golden years. Remember the show there was a called the golden girls? Well, they had reached a certain uh, place in life where they weren't working. They weren't in, in industry. They were just enjoying that stage of their life. The retirement years, the sunset years, whatever term, that's getting to a certain place and, and being done. Okay, And if you're not there, you don't want to be in that group because it is going to frustrate you because you're going you're gonna to be trying to motivate them to do more than they are willing to do, and they're just not going to do it. All right, let's talk about, we're talking about uh, last group, climbers, okay? Climbers, you know, are the rare breed. So let me, let me say about, uh, there's a study that was out about people who achieve their dream. What percentage of people actually reach their dream? And this indication came out of a religious study group as well as a secular group. And both of them said the same thing, that only approximately 20% of people reach their dream, right? Reach their vision, 20%, okay? So those numbers could be plus or minus depending on where you are and where you hear this show, but 20%, okay? Climbers represent part of that 10 to 20% is they're going to the top of that mountain. They're going to make that business successful. They're going to finish that race. They're going to have a good marriage. They're going to raise good kids. They are going to do it if, if, if it's the last thing they do. Okay. Now, laugh if you will, but these are these are helicopter moms. Okay. These are sometimes micromanagers. These are A-types. These are Fortune 500 companies. These are people that will sacrifice life, life and limb to get to the top. Climbers are rare breed who continue to learn, grow, and strive. And I think that's the difference, right? It, okay, how often are you learning? All right. How often are you growing? Which means where are you today versus where you were five years ago or 10 years ago or even yesterday? What, what are you striving for today? What's in front of you? What's in your windshield? What are you headed to? Or are you stuck looking in the rear view mirror? Okay. There are people that just all they're doing is they're looking in the rearview mirror. They're stuck in the past. They're not striving for something new. They're still wearing the same style of clothes. They got the same style of hair. They're still living the same, doing the same old, same old. And all they have to talk about is the good old days, yesterdays, because they're not growing anymore. Right. But climbers understand that you got to learn, grow, strive. Okay. Until until the end. The end is only there when you give up. That's what climbers believe. That's why a small percentage of people make it to the top of these mountains, because it takes a lot. It takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of resilience. Um, you got to be willing to get up um, after you've been knocked down. I have been knocked down a lot of times in life through things of not of my own doing always, sometimes me, but many times it was other issues or economies or relationships or organizations. And I had to get up. I had to pick myself up and get back to a place of I'm still climbing the mountain. I got to dust myself off. That's different than a camper, right? Who just said, I'll just camp here. Maybe it was 
it was the Lord's will that I fell off here and I'm going to stay here. Okay. That's her decision. Or the quitter says, I'm out. Thank you very much for letting me play. I'm done. Okay. But climbers focus on solutions versus blame. They're always overcoming. They're always agile, trusting and agile. What does that mean? That means they're flexible, right? They don't have an expectation that things are supposed to go exactly the way they, they wanted them to go, but they're supposed to go, right? I've learned that you always have to make mid-course adjustments. Climbers make mid-course adjustments. I thought I was going to sell this many widgets. I end up in this widget. Okay, well, let's find a better way to market those. Let's find a better way to sell those. Um, I was uh, sharing an example of, you know, uh, in a housing and development, when you're building depending on how long it takes you to build a home, you have to purchase materials for that home so that, you know, everything stays on schedule. And what we used to do is we would order because we have a first fairly sizable community, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200 homes. So we had to order those materials. Sometimes during the time we ordered those materials and by the time they got there, um, consumer taste had changed. We were ordering maybe stained cabinets, people went to euro. We ordered brass knobs, people wanted polished nickel. So we were always having to make an adjustment to changing consumer taste in order to stay on track with our goal. That was calling being agile, being flexible. Or at times in real estate, the market comes to just a complete stop. Now, what do you do? You got inventory, you got listings, you got properties, you got loans that you want to do, but you can't give the money out. Okay, what do you do? You're going to have to make some type of adjustment. Climbers understand that. So lastly, just to kind of give it a summation, takeaway. So we're talking about quitters, campers, climbers, and where you might fall into that category. This is not a judgment. It's just an observation. And it is based on a study that was done by you know, guys smarter than me through Harvard, MIT, 150,000 leaders. So I'm borrowing the information that they have to make an point to our audience and to the listeners. All right. So takeaways is count the cost. Right? You got to count the cost of an opportunity. Right? Don't start a building project before you count the cost. Okay? Um, and the cost is not the price. Most people get that confused. Cost is not the price. Uh, you buy the car and you bought the car at a certain price, but the cost is the maintenance, the upkeep, and the management of that. You bought the house for X amount of dollars. But that's not the cost of the opportunity. Cost is when you got to get out every weekend <coughs> and clean leaves and gutters and have a landscaper and a cleaner, depending on the size and scope of that house. That's the real cost. Right? You got to count that. Measure the opportunity. Have you measured the opportunity what can this opportunity lead to? Are there additional doors that might open? Are there additional relationships that might come? Or is this kind of a dead-end deal? Okay, that's different because you, you, you can do it, but you know you got to be looking to another way to keep climbing up to finish your, your purpose, your goal, your assignment, uh, mission in life. Lastly is purpose and value. Does it align with your current purpose, Right. Now, if you don't know your purpose, then you want to know if an opportunity aligns with it. So you got to know, why am I doing this? Why am I in real estate? Why am I in housing? Why am I a nonprofit? Uh, why am I you know, a stay-at-home parent? Why do I run this big company? Why, why, why? 
if you don't know your why, your purpose, then everything else won't really make sense. So you have to know if does this line up with my purpose? Will this move me forward or does it take me back the other way? And is it going to be passion? Is it going to make me want to get up out of the bed and handle this every day? Right. If you're not if you're not passionate about starting a business, just go ahead and close it down because you're not going to have that extra drive. If the drive is based on always making money, it may not be there. You got to have passion. And lastly, would it bring true value to your life and to others? Right. Because it shouldn't just be about you. It ought to be about other people. So there you go. I, I think these are pretty some amazing, you know, perspective. You always, you know, I always encourage you to do your own homework. Uh, you know, let let yourself uh, be educated. I'm just giving you the compilation of information that I have, as always, to help you hit that next level. And I hope to meet many of you uh, someday. Uh, get my books. I have books online at Amazon. You can get uh, from here to there. Uh, my first bestseller, Inside the Mind of Champions. We have um, uh, Living Up in a Down World. I'll put those books on the next next show we do so that you can uh, grab those and enjoy. Thanks again for watching another edition of Lewis Howard Live. Every great champion knows that success, overcoming, and winning in life is no accident. Creating individual success is like having a recipe for a great meal. It only works if you know how to use the ingredients. As a best-selling author, entrepreneur, business coach, strategist, and champion, the Lewis Hour Live Show provides you the insider's view on winning. All we do is win, 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 helping you become the best version of yourself.